Mike, I have a great idea for a new Sting t-shirt for AEW. Oh, awesome. Show up. Do or say very little. Repeat. I'd buy one. This and more merchandise ideas coming up on the Misspots podcast. So, great, great merchandise idea there. Uh, I I also think a a race car uh, with Sting on it would uh, make sense too because he's now in hot pursuit, as Ex- Excalibur put it, uh, on uh, chasing after Team Taz. And and if you mean hot pursuit, slowly walking to the backstage area, then I I think you could go with hot pursuit. That is the hottest of pursuits that Sting can manage at this age. <laughs> I mean, has anyone been paid to do less? <laughs> Goldberg? <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> this whole Sting thing, it's the epitome of the WWE. I mean, they actually got him involved in an angle. So that's something. It's not just like Steve Austin showing up and stunning everyone. But, I mean... Is it giving Darby Allen a rub? Is it helping to get him more over? Possibly. But they, you know, oftentimes we feel like they will pack weeks worth of storyline into one show, right? All of a sudden someone shows, Kenta showing up. All of a sudden they're in a blow-off a feud uh, kind of match and that I just saw this guy for the first time, but yet they're already booking a match in a logical match for the next week's AEW with sting and Darby Allen and team Taz. I feel like they had one week worth of storyline and they have drawn that out over (laughs) seven months. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much like I, I was thinking during the Darby Allen match, I'm like, have they done the Sting match yet? Because I feel like they've they were building to it for a long time and I was really hoping that it was last week and I missed it because we didn't watch it. But I was wrong. It's it's still coming up in like another month. Uh so no, that has not happened and yes, it does feel like this has become a long drawn out thing. And I, and I can just hear some of our four fans saying like, well, you don't, you always want long storylines. Like, well done story driven storylines. That's not just the same thing over and over. When you have a story to tell, it's not even that they're telling a story. It would, it's the equivalent of, if you've got a sentence for Darby Allen to say, 
of calling out Team Taz, if you had him come out seven weeks in a row and say one word of that sentence to get that effectively done, we wouldn't like that either. And that's pretty much what they've done. It's the same thing every week. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens. At some point, they go to an abandoned warehouse and shoot cans or whatever the fuck they did. And it's just, it's, uh, it's just so repetitive. And I know Tony Schiavone really likes Sting and he really enjoys screaming his name, but law of diminishing returns, guys. If you scream Sting's name for him to come out and not even say anything, uh, how many times is the boy who cried wolf? Do the we... boy who cried Sting. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Schiavone is the boy who cried Sting. Do we also know for a fact that that is the real Sting and not the fake NWO Sting? That would be a better storyline. <laughs> if they brought back the NWO Sting for this, I would actually give them some props because it would be much more interesting than what they've done for the past several weeks. Uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about the match though that opened up the show, which is involved in this angle with Joey Janela and Darby Allen. And I'm going to tell you something that I think is going to surprise you. I did not hate this Joey Janela match. <laughs> that is uh, kind of surprising. He he was not awful. He was not as awkward as he usually is. He was did not miss time everything he did, and I think part of it was because they actually had dun 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 a pro wrestling match. Yes. They they did a pro wrestling match and he's not a total incompetent. He still looks like hot garbage. And I don't understand why Darby Allen, who is a title holder, who beat Cody Rhodes, who is feuding with Team Taz, who has been pushed like a star, is fighting a job guy because Joey Janela is a job guy. That is how he's been pushed. That's how he's been presented. It is the Cody Rhodes syndrome. Cody goes out and fights job guys and takes them to 20-minute matches. I don't understand why they did it. I don't like Joey Janela. I don't ever care to see him again. But the match in a bubble was a good match. So believe, I'll give him that. I believe that it was explained online that uh, Darby, <laughs> a, Darby put out an open challenge and Joey was the first to accept it. So that was the reasoning behind him being in this match. Okay, so then why is a job guy taking... Darby to the limit, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, I mean, doesn't change doesn't change that argument. But I, I was just saying yeah. that that's how the match came about. I be I believe that's what I remember reading. Uh, but listen, he, I, I, I just said something nice about Joey Janela, so I feel you, like you I've done your I've done my for the next five years. I've done my good deed for the day, <laughs> and no one can take that away from you. Except maybe Joey Janela. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a a good. It was definitely the best Joey Janela match I've ever seen. Um, I I liked the little bit of chain wrestling, especially in the beginning with uh, him trying to escape the hammerlock and Darby just continuing to keep it on him. I thought that that was uh, 
a fun little sequence. And uh, yeah, I I I did not dislike this match. And it it served an okay purpose. Definitely longer than it should have been. And yeah. The the other thing I noticed about this episode of Dynamite is that they were going into WWE hyperbole territory talking about the main event. Oh, talking yeah. about how this is going to be the greatest and most anticipated main event we've ever seen. Lance Archer has done nothing in the company except for beat up some production guys and somehow turn babyface while doing it. Kenta, who we did not talk about last week because we watched uh, NXT last week. Kenta showed up. I, I know you're a big fan of his. I know we were excited to see him work as a Hideo Itami. We saw some good stuff out of NXT, but is it's a Jake Hager situation to me. You've got a guy who's the only exposure he's had in North America in a major wrestling promotion is in NXT and a guy who got injured constantly and really showed little to no personality and really doesn't have – I mean, I don't know what tentpole match, what great moment that Hideo Itami had in NXT. They basically took a guy who did nothing with the competition – have him show up and make it this major thing that's going to shift the entire dynamic of the company and all this kind of crap. It's 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 this hyperbole. It it, yeah. it does not resonate. None of this resonates. They continue to bring people in like the acclaimed and top flight and just and I'm sorry to to Kenta who I know is a talented professional wrestler. He's a nobody to the American audience. And having him show up and making it seem like this big deal and continue to talk about this like this is the earth-shattering situation is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, and Kenta is supposed to be like a badass, just like a no-nonsense, kick-the-shit-out-of-you dude. And I'm sure they probably don't have a whole lot of dates that they're that they can have him on because the right idea to truly introduce him would be to have him kick the shit out of some low level guys and show him being a badass and not just automatically throw him into this. Like you said, like blow off uh gimmicked match and it, it, it didn't serve him well here. And that's a shame from that standpoint, but I, this whole thing is confusing as fuck to me because we still don't really know if this is like a true, like working relationship with new Japan or if AEW is just kind of giving new Japan a little bit of help with, um, this feud by, getting Kenta over here and feuding with Moxley uh, a little bit to build up that match because Moxley can't or hasn't been over in Japan. I don't know, but I feel like this could have been done better. And I, I think that it's a shame for Kenta. I think that it's a shame for Moxley to, to have to, um, 
try his best to sell this feud to the American audience. Um, and, and his promo was good. The one that he, cause his promos usually are good. And, uh, but yeah, to try to sell something like this on such short notice and also quasi selling a title match for another promotion, uh, at the same time, it's, it all seems muddy and weird and disjointed. I feel like if you're going to have someone show up in a promotion and attack a top star, they've got to be a star and somebody that you go, oh, wow. And I'll throw this out there. Obviously, it's not going to happen. It's CM Punk, right? It's uh, somebody who is, I mean, even Miro showing up would have been something we've seen him at WrestleMania. We've seen him fight John Cena. We He was a guy that we thought was underutilized. You can do that with someone like that who has not been a, a main event guy even somewhere else, but you want a star. Or they've got to look like somebody. They've got a, a Lance Archer showing up out of nowhere. One of the biggest guys in the roster, bigger than a guy like Moxley, shows up, looks like nobody else, has that weird red rat tail hair. I mean, like... He, it could be, a, who is this guy? Oh my God, he's impressive looking. When you don't have that in Kenta, and Kenta is a small guy. He's a smaller pro wrestler, a talented pro wrestler, but on a roster with a bunch of small people, he's another small guy. So he doesn't look impressive. He didn't do anything impressive. Or you have him do something insane, something crazy, you know, basically commit murder on TV. <laughs> He just kind of showed up and hit a guy. I don't know if you saw it uh, from the week before, yeah. but he gave a go to sleep, one of the worst looking go to sleeps I've ever seen. And Bear didn't did not connect with Moxley in any way, shape, or form. So he did. He he looked weak. He's small, and he doesn't have a star factor to him. So why are we doing this? You can. It's. The WWE wants to pretend that guys are stars just because they're on their television show. And AEW wants to do the same thing because he's here. Then he must be a star. It's just, it, it does not resonate. And I, I don't, I, I just, it's, honestly, it seems a little embarrassing. Like, I go, God, I cringe. Like, whoa. It's more uh, of that making the assumption that all of their audience consumes all wrestling across the board like watches everything to do with wrestling and they know who kenta is immediately and know his history and know what's going on with him and and moxley and they know that he's this type of character they keep on making these terrible assumptions and i don't know why someone who is in power there hasn't gone, hey guys, we need to stop assuming that our audience knows who these indie people are, who these Japanese wrestlers are, that they watch dark, that they watch being the elite, because let's we should be writing this show as if 90% of our audience doesn't watch any of that. Write the show and put somebody over. For the love of God, put somebody over sometime. P uh, Pack, 
went over in a relatively quick match on Dynamite. That's what needs to happen. 70% of the matches on Dynamite have to be this. Then when you have the competitive match, when you have the match that goes 50-50 for 20 minutes, then when you have the bullshit, no rules, whatever match, it could stand out as being special and be exciting and the show will build to something. But when every match is the same, every match is insanely competitive, no matter who the people are competing in, every match has no rules. The the tag match during this, which one? The tag <laughs> match with the inner circle and the acclaimed, Jim Ross was losing his mind yeah. on commentary because he's like, well, there, there's just two guys beating up one guy for 15 minutes in the middle of the ring. This match at the end is no rules and falls count anywhere and no, you know, no uh, DQs. What match isn't? Show me a match anywhere on the car that ever has any rules. If you can't do that, well, then the match you have at the end makes no difference. It's the same as every other match. So it's one of the big flaws of this. And, and, and speaking of the the acclaimed in the inner circle, heel versus heel, right? They both Wait. cheated. Oh, well, I think the acclaimed are supposed, are they supposed to be baby faces? No, they came no. out weeks ago and insulted the crowd. They were 100% heels. They've been presented as heels. They cheat by hitting people with a boombox. You had two heel teams going in there, and you had both of them cheat. Both of them cheat. Yeah. Uh, when this match started, because it's a heel versus heel thing, I jumped over to NXT to see what was going on, because I'm a wild card. I'll Ooh. do that. Wild card in play now. And I saw Shotzi Blackheart was in a match. Immediately jumped back. <laughs> went went to commercial. Not even going to go back over there. Nothing for me there. Would rather watch the commercial. Rather watch picture in picture than anything having to do with Shotzi Blackheart. So that was that thing. I, I just, I don't, I don't get this. They can't tell effective stories because they don't have effective protagonists and antagonists. At the end of this match, the Acclaim cheated. They hit Chris Jericho with a boombox. And Tony Schiavone lost his mind and said, could you imagine if they would have actually won that? Yeah, Tony. They hit the guy with a boombox. It's not them having this great performance and 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 pulling out a victory against a a legend they cheated could someone point out that those aren't good dudes for doing that yeah he uh, he made it seem like they were on such a, a cusp of m moving up in the tag team rankings like oh this young team they almost pulled that one out against all adversity Everyone on this show is a fucking moron. When Sammy Guevara comes down to quit the inner circle, a, a, a heel with one of the most punchable faces in wrestling, Sammy Guevara, comes out to quit the heel faction. Granted, it's a heel faction that Billy Gunn and his, and his 12 kids love to sing the theme song of, but it's still a heel faction, right? Sammy Guevara comes out, he quits the heel faction, and, like, the commentary is devastated. Well, I mean, 
He's one of the founding members of the inner circle. Can someone say, way to go, kid? Yeah. Those guys are not good guys. Maxwell Jacob Friedman's an asshole. Yeah, you're right for quitting them. You're right for getting off on your own because these guys are scumbags. No one says that because no one's a heel and no one's a babyface. There's no story. You can't story without having some person we're supposed to like and some person we're supposed to dislike. Cody Rhodes, I love you. You are a great professional wrestler, but you are just wrong. You need heels and babyfaces. You need to have someone across the ring from each other that we like one of them more than the other. So this was just a mess. You can't just hope both teams have fun. Uh, no, no participation awards unless it's the Miss Spots Participation Award, which is a <laughs> prestigious award that we give once a year. And I'm going to nominate the entire AEW company for just basically participating in Dynamite every week because none of it makes sense. None of it's building to anything. It's Everything is a standalone. Dynamite is an episode of The Simpsons. You know, Homer, you know, he goes to, he lives the job at the nuclear power plant and goes to live in Japan. Well, then he just comes back and everything's the same. <laughs> everything resets at zero every week on Dynamite. And we just do stuff. And uh, who's Poochie in uh, AEW? Uh, Tony Khan. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, By the way, they talk about Tony Khan constantly. Yeah. They mention his name when they do not need to. That that is true. It's, It's a powers that be angle but we never see the camera angle from behind Vince Russo's head. And the main event was was basically booked by Vince Russo. Anyway. Um, I'm going to tell you something real quick that I enjoyed, and it was, it was brief. It was... Uh, I, I, I just enjoyed, at the end of the recap of the whole wedding thing, Chuck and Orange drinking champagne and orange just going what did they think was going to happen and chuck going of course orange cassidy's popping out of a cake i i i laughed at that it i think that it's in character for them as kind of goofy baby faces yes it it was all involved with that that silly wedding but that segment made that just little bit of that segment made me laugh. Sometimes you break the fourth wall and it can work. They tried to break the fourth wall during the entire wedding segment last week, which I watched. I don't know if you did. No. I like I myself. think if you I think if you would have watched it and you would have heard Miro go, you know, I've had a couple weddings recently on tv and the this box is over here i'm sure someone's in the box so he fights the box and uh no 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 we're not gonna have the anyone can object here they did it to death last week with the fact they were having it they do it to death with the darby allen this is the point of the promo where we fight you can only do it so many so many times so i'm burnt out on clever we break the fourth wall aew 
If they don't do it for three months, I'll give them the credit to do it again. Um, now moving on to stupidity. Okay. From stupidity to more stupidity. Okay. <laughs> the, so the women's world title eliminator tournament. I don't know if I got the wording of that right, but anyway, as a concept, great idea. We love tournaments, especially ones that uh, help uh, determine a number one contender for things. NXT has done a great job of doing that in the past. AEW's even done some of this themselves. And I think that this is a, an awesome way to, I, we've said that it can create can create new storylines for people, can continue storylines for people. Uh, so many things can be done with tournaments. So we have a two brackets, the U.S. bracket and the Japan bracket. The Japan bracket consisting can completely of Japanese women wrestlers that will be taking place apparently in Japan, uh, if I heard that right. Yep. And then we have the U.S. bracket, which would make one think is U.S.-based wrestlers and the first match we had was a Mexican versus a Russian. Well, uh, and Riho is in the the U.S. bracket. Not to blow this up for you, Mike, but I think it's the fact that the one bracket is happening in Japan, and the other bracket is happening in the U.S. You're not blowing anything up. You're just pointing out how they went into this planning with no real troubleshooting like no one was like this is another situation confused by that what's that i i that you're 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 just pointing out how this could be very easily confused like the people that no no, one no one said when they were planning this hey do you think anyone could be confused by this naming of these brackets yeah, I don't think it's great. I think this is another situation where they're trying to leverage and use the relationship with New Japan, and I think that's great. It can this expose new a talent. New Japan one. Well, okay, even worse then. I don't know what they're trying to do with this, Mike. They are going to have a bunch of people that we never heard of. They're going to put them in matches. I guess most of it's going to happen on YouTube, so what's the point of it? And... They're just going to end up having an AEW talent win this whole thing and go and fight Hikaru Shida. So maybe they should just do that. Maybe they should just do another tournament interior with AEW and bring in one or two talents from Japan if they think that they could be someone that could stick. It seems there is so little female talent on this roster, so I understand why they would want to uh, uh, bolster it with some talent from Japan. but. In a thin division, it actually kind of looks worse somehow, because now if you look at the brackets, you go, well, there's very few people on the AEW American side that I think I want to see. Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, uh, Nyla Rose. That's it. Those are the people that I would say, okay, they should get a shot at Hikaru Shida. And then you've got the other side. I don't even know, other than Aja Kong, I don't know any of these people. Uh, And I I don't care. 
I mean, Emi Sakura, I mean, we've yeah. seen her on AEW. I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, who we want to see. So you've bolstered your division or this tournament with people we also don't know and don't think should have a necessarily think should have a shot at your champion. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of problems with this. When I saw the match with Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa during the picture in picture, I jumped over to AEW or I'm sorry to NXT. See what's going on. Saw the Gargano family jumped right back. <laughs> Happy to watch picture in picture and the commercial. That's O for two. O for two of jumping over to, to NXT. Uh, I did not like the fact that you've got Layla Hirsch, who is roughly three foot three foot five, roughly, roughly, she, roughly, but she has a different look. She has a legitimate wrestling background. There's some stuff you can do with her if she's special. If you if you make it. You know, you make it part of her gimmick that she's undersized, but she gets leverage. She's got a low center of gravity. Uh, Jim Ross can eat that shit up. He can sell that. Then she goes to the top rope to do flips and twists and dive through the ropes. The fact that someone doesn't pull her away, pull her aside when she comes to the curtain and go, stop doing that. Your deal is that you're a pro wrestler. That you get leverage, that you know how to work, that you're going to break someone down on the mat. Why go out and do what everybody else does in every other match? What's the point? It's the one thing that sets you apart from them. And then you go and do the same dive that we saw. How many times we see a dive through the rope in this this episode? Ten? A lot, yeah. At least ten. Yeah. So it's not special. The fact that nobody is watching this and saying this to these people. And then there was also just the the moonsault that resulted in a knees to the gut to a pin, to a uh, near fall. Then Layla Hirsch was up immediately. She took a moonsault, knees to the gut. Thunder Rosa went for a pin. Layla Hirsch beat her to her feet and started kneeing her in the face. What? How do you sell that? How do you? How does that make sense in a pro, pro wrestling match? What are you doing? It just is just such a mess. Yeah, messy, messy, uh, messy, messy. What? What else can be said about this show? Uh, they're trying to get me to hate um, Adam Page again. Uh, because he's a drunk who signs uh, contracts with Matt Hardy while being intoxicated. I I don't get them. I don't get you, AEW. You've actually got a star who I really want to like that isn't because they were Dave Meltzer's best friend, and you just shit it away. He's not the good drunk. He's not Steve Austin drinking beer in the middle of the ring. He's a depressed, sad drunk. He's lonely and can't have a tag team partner. And he gets drunk and signs contracts with Matt Hardy. Yeah, that's not not good, guys. Not good at all. Uh, I did, when the main event started, because I knew it was going to be a shit show, I switched over to NXT for the third time. Oh, really? And 
My God, Mike. What did I see? Let me tell you what I saw. As I switched over, a sports car was arriving at the Capitol Wrestling Center. And who stepped out? But, ha ha ha, Cameron Grimes! (laughs) Cameron Grimes started throwing money all over the place. Hundreds of dollars. Million dollar man gimmick, basically. Only a little bit less frugal. (laughs) Throwing money at people. He's dressed in like... He's he's still not wearing like he's wearing a, a, a suit jacket but no shirt because Cameron Grimes ha 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 and he's got a, like a fancier hat and he comes to the ring and he delivers this I want to say it's a script but what's what's more embarrassing than script it was like he was reading off cue cards. But all the words were like jumbled up in the wrong order and he had to decipher them as he was saying them. It was he told a story. He basically narrated something that could have been told in a thousand different ways about how he got injured and he discovered video games existed. So he played a bunch of video games and he talk to people like they didn't know that video games existed. Then he said he ran out of video games to play, so he went to a place called GameStop. And he liked the GameStop so much that he invested all of his money in GameStop. And now he's a millionaire. And then he said he also really likes dogs, so he invested in dog coin because he's been a dog fan. And then he's more of a millionaire. And then he uh, he 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 used the phrase "kiss my grits" forty-seven times. And he said he can do anything he wants now. And he pranced around the ring. Remember when Ric Flair was in a mental institution in WCW at one point? Uh, it was like 99, 2000. It was around the I, time that he like pranced around in the ring in his underwear and yeah. like elbow dropped a shoe. Okay. Uh, so he did that, but somehow more confusing and just like pranced around the ring and threw money all over himself. He narrated something that no, he, Everything about this was uh, contrived and bad. And you know how he does the ha ha ha? He did that 27 times. So he said, kiss my grits 37 times. Ha 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 ha! 27 times. This was, it was bad that it was so bad it was kind of entertaining, that it was so bad that it's really, really, really bad and someone should be fired. You over oh three. I, I, if I didn't know any better, I, I would have thought that you were fucking with me by explaining that. No, and, not at and all. They're like, okay, he he just explained something that went that happened on Raw and just supplanted Cameron Grimes into the whole thing because that does sound like something we would have seen like Elias doing on Raw three years ago. I, I I mean it was it was terrible. 
it was trying to be relevant with (sighs) jesus with pop culture stuff and it was this was the classic example of if they're going to do something like this and change change cameron grimes character to being this like hillbilly rich dude they could have done a pre-tape somewhere they could have had a, a, a news segment one of the backstage interviewers gets a scoop there's ways they could have done this they had him come out and awkwardly narrate everything that's happened over the past several months for this character and it was just it was embarrassing i've used this that term so many times tonight and it's been apt apt i tell you for every single one of these situations embarrassing to watch this is one of those classic segments that if your significant other if your friend saw you watching it and you didn't uh, apologize to them you would be in in grave danger of losing a friend or a loved one it, it was it was that bad so i had to switch back over uh to watching uh aew and this god awful main event which was the same as every match they've ever done and uh Third wall breaking, he potatoed him. <laughs> Clever guys, I saw what you did there. It's uh, you tell me what you thought about the main event, my friend. Uh you you broke up a little bit there. Uh, I I, I said you tell me you tell me what you thought about the main event. Well, it was it was a a, a mess like matches. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, like matches like that always are. It was just bullshit uh i i i don't know how else to put it i do not like it's just spots spots that are meant to get pops spots that get pops that was it but but they're not they're not even good spots the only thing that was wrong with this match was everything (laughs) That's the only thing. You had a new arrival who has no history and no reason for being there, honestly. I know they have the U.S. Championship and New Japan. You, we don't care. This is not something that's part of our world. So they're th- you have a new arrival thrown into a blow-off match. It's boring. Tedious. Boring. I don't care if you had a barbed wire baseball bat. I don't care that you went to a kitchen. And I don't care that Kenny Omega did a flip with a garbage can. Boring. You know why it's boring? Because we've seen it. We've seen it all. There was no flow to it. There was no storytelling involved in it. It was, as you said, just spots and nothing we've never seen before. Uh, Illogical participants. Why is Lance Archer teaming with Jon Moxley? Six months ago... (laughs) They were trying to murder one another. Why does Archer don't doesn't like Kenta? Why any of this? So completely illogical participants. Contrived. Just contrived. Hey, I'm going to hold on to your head and we're going to walk into a kitchen, pal. You cool with that? Awesome. Uh, terribly paced. Didn't build to anything at any point. Didn't take us on a ride. Just did a bunch of shit. Uh... 
it, it presented as special when it's the same as every other match. You you touched uh, on nothing good about this. You touched on this earlier about the the hyperbole and calling this one of the biggest main events in the history of Dynamite. They had Mox versus Omega for the title on an episode of Dynamite. What a couple months ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is is probably the biggest main event that they've ever had on Dynamite. Yeah, and they tried to put Lan- that up there with that. And you, but you throw in Lance Archer and Kenta in a garbage match, and that's supposed to be better. This show doesn't know what it wants to be. It has no self awareness. I-, I joked about it earlier. This was WCW in two thousand. This was the hardcore match in the. Uh, what was it in a like a used in a car yard in a in a in a uh, what am I looking for? Uh, I I don't know. Do you remember the hardcore match they did in WCW where there was like forty seven participants and it was basically a junkyard? Oh yes, yes, yes. This yeah. was a junkyard hardcore match. This was everything Vince Russo ever booked. This was nothing, nothing presented as something. It didn't matter. Uh, Kenny Omega pinned Lance Archer. Up until, what, last week? We've never even seen those two interact before. Why do we care? And by the way, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson? So, it's a hardcore match. Any falls count anywhere. uh, Nothing matters. It took you 15 minutes to come in and fuck around with everybody? What do you, is everyone a fucking moron? The commentary is, because they can't understand that Samuel Guevara left the heel faction and should be praised for it. Are you people morons too for not just having both you guys come out and start the match together? You could have had four on two from the beginning. To what end does any of this make sense? What are you trying to accomplish? I don't know. Just just to put on a good show, a, a fun show to watch. People just and, like and, to see stuff happen. And it's and, and this is the word I use again. Boring. Boring. Tedious. Repetitive. Everything we've seen every week from each one of you. Boring. Look down at your phone and play. People still don't play Angry Birds, do they? I don't know. Candy I, I Crush. I don't know what people play, but it, it's just it's just so bad and so repetitive. Yeah, uh, and I know that there are people who fucking enjoyed that show and enjoyed that match. I mean, to each their own on it, but... I mean, people enjoy watching American Idol. People enjoy watching... uh, People people read the Bible. I mean, there there are people that do all (laughs) kinds of stupid shit that isn't good objectively, and we don't, you know, lionize them as being right. 
so that's not let's not give anyone credence if you like this then it's okay to be wrong it's the equivalent of watching out my balls <laughs> pretty much pretty much i mean just just goddamn painful we started off with a good match with joey janella and i had to admit that which makes me feel a little bit dirty but i gotta be honest and it was about the, the, the peak of the entire night. The uh, Layla Hirsch-Thunder Rosa match was actually decent. Yeah. Other than the fact that Layla Hirsch decided to be Rey Mysterio Jr. out of nowhere. Uh, so I had to pick that apart because I'm an asshole. So there was a couple good wrestling matches in there. <sighs> yeah, but my God. And 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 honestly, the uh, Sammy quitting the inner circle like like you said the the commentary team did a terrible job of making that seem like a big deal and a good thing for him to do like i I, i've dug sammy's slow change over the last month or so i think if you condense it into the best moments it's a decent storyline but it's been another contrived thing that we've just seen over and over again a few weeks ago we had this whole thing where well no we're either gonna break up or we're gonna be stronger than ever and then within it was not even like a week honeymoon they were doing the same exact bullshit they were doing before they also had the whole situation with with uh mjf recording sammy Guevara saying I hate Chris Jericho or whatever when he knows he's on camera yeah, <laughs> because they made a point to show cameraman you stay like that was part yeah. of the conversation so that was stupid I-, I think it's another thing that's just been way too drawn out it hasn't been a slow burn we haven't seen anything real clever with it we've just kind of seen it happen and and but I if, just listen, feel like this was this should have been a big deal. This was this is a babyface turn for a guy who's leaving their their biggest faction, and they just kind of made a, it seem like a passing moment. It can't be a babyface turn when there are no heels and babyfaces. It can't be a babyface turn when the people are singing Chris Jericho's song. It can't be a babyface turn when Tony Schiavone seems verklempt because. Sammy Guevara, one of the founding members in the inner circle, has the audacity. And what's going to happen to Chris Jericho? Like, he should have left and the heel should have been apoplectic in the ring. They should have been kicking ropes. They should have been pissed. They should have been going after him. Right? They should. But he just looked sad. Who are we supposed to have sympathy for? Who are we supposed to like out of this? Then Sammy Guevara said, I just have to get away from this, man. Got to go get away from this show and go find myself in the mountains of Tibet. I, I don't I don't know. At no point are you trying to tell an actual story. No one speaks like they would actually speak. When you watch a Marvel movie, I know who the good guys and bad guys are. Those things made a lot of money, too. <laughs> Those things are popular. Maybe do something like that. Maybe just give it a shot. Doctor Strange is kind of a prick. He's an anti-hero. He's a Steve Austin type. 
He's a bad boy, not the Joey Janela type. <laughs> but we like him. He's got an edge to him. You can do that. But for love of God, book something resembling an actual storyline with 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 protagonist and antagonist. Working on your little book there hmm, with the protagonist and antagonist. <laughs> hmm. Maybe someone goes on a hero's journey. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh... This show, man, this show does things, and very few of them are good. Yeah. Unlike Sting, who does nothing. The show does things, Sting does nothing, there's snow. <sighs> there, that there is, there is snow. Uh, but there's, there's snow in a lot of places right now, so that's it, not a unique thing. Can't even get that right. All right, um, Mike, I got nothing else to say about freaking AEW this week. All right. Oh, no, I, I do have something to say about AEW last week. Okay. Uh, so you did not watch any of last week's episode? No. So they had a segment. This is one of the few positives of this week. They did not do a segment with Shaquille O'Neal because... The week previous, they did a segment with Shaquille O'Neal on the set of, I want to say, Basketball Tonight. <laughs> that is, that's is probably that the called? show. Yeah, it's a show. It's like a pre-game show, Basketball Tonight, and we'll go with that. And he was with uh, Kenny Anderson, I think? No. Kenny Smith. Other people. Kenny Smith. There we go. Uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, generic white guy number four. He was with some people, and he decided to like say, "I'm gonna fight Cody Rhodes." You guys, no, I'm gonna fight Cody. I'm gonna fight Cupcake Cody Rhodes. And they're like, "What?" And it was just so terrible because you knew there was like prompts they had to say, like, "Well, Shaq, are you do you have wrestling moves that you can use?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, the Black Tornado," and then he demonstrated a back fist onto a piece of plexiglass. I have never seen people jerk off on camera that hard <laughs> in my life. It was so silly and not in a good way. It was so like, it, you can imagine before this segment was recorded, they go, okay, listen, man. I got this stupid pro wrestling garbage that I'm doing, but they're giving me a lot of money. So guys, play along with this. Ask these dumb questions. It's going to be really dumb, but it's pro wrestling. So it's okay if it's stupid because wrestling is for morons. So I'm going to do this thing. But listen, they're literally giving me like $3 million because there's this guy whose dad's a billionaire and he's just fucking throwing money at me. Uh, and there's this girl, Jade, who can't talk. And she's around too. It's, just, it's weird. So I'm going to do this stuff. And then afterwards, we'll all have a good laugh about it. And, you know, we'll throw some money around. I'll, I'll, I'll buy drinks. That's what we saw last week. We didn't see that this week. So that was a tacit up. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, just based off that description. 
I think from this point forward, I, you shouldn't watch any pro wrestling. I should just describe it to you. I can describe you Cameron Grimes. I can describe you Shaquille O'Neal segments. I can just describe all these things, all these things to you, and you don't even have to watch this anymore, Mike. Uh, it would probably save me a lot of time, uh, a lot of uh, brain cells. Um, I mean, I would feel terrible for you for like one minute uh, and that that you're doing all of that but but i that one minute i would be inconsolable about how bad i felt for you to take that bullet but i i i i can't do that to you i can't we're in this together i appreciate yeah we're in to the to the bloody end my friend to the bloody end um all right i mean i guess uh there's nothing else ever. We could talk about Nia Jack's hole. What? Do you know about this? No. Nia Jax uh, on bra, I'm guessing. Who cares? Uh, fell on her ass and started screaming about her hole. I think she was like upset because she like hurt her ass. But she was screaming about her how she her hole that happened it's 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 being memed as we speak um she's just terrible i'm do i hit enter on the google <laughs> search here I'm, this could I, turn I feel, out bad i feel like you are usually way more up on what's going on in like the world of pop culture and wrestling than I am. And I just feel like recently you've been slipping, man. Yeah. You're worried I've... about buying houses and doing all this other <laughs> stuff. And you're just not. I'm not investing following... in, in dog. Uh, <laughs> it's dog coin and GameStop. You learned that video games existed. <laughs> I. It, it, yeah. Uh, I I try my best to, but you know, work life, uh, work life, and uh, just I I'm glad well, that I don't know about this. And yeah, there's like so many fucking articles. Yeah, it's in my brain, and it won't not be in my brain now. And I don't think that's fair. That is. I don't like the fact. I don't like the fact that I still know about stupid shit going on on Raw and SmackDown when I am trying to avoid it actively. I mean, we watched that freaking god awful pay per view a week or so ago. We're gonna watch WrestleMania. We have to watch WrestleMania. It's probably gonna be six nights this this year. Yes, and I believe every that match they have is- uh, timed it by by three. Yeah, and every match is gonna be a cinematic match. Except for whatever gonna... match Goldberg is involved in. Well, that's going to be a hologram of Goldberg versus a hologram of Steve Austin. Ooh. About time. Oh, my God. I just gave them the worst idea. I'm sorry. Mike, we have to get off this, this show. I, I need to stop talking or else they're going to start <laughs> doing things I say. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll finish things off here. Um, all right. Anything else besides my hole? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You can't write this shit. No, no, Mike, I don't. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, once again, for joining us. Uh, 
We will be back next week, probably complaining about NXT. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, um, I don't know. Do something. Uh, we'll see you next week. For Kevin, I'm Mike. Good night. Good wrestling. <laughs>